Hello, and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm your host. I'm what you would call a practicing professor. I have years of experience consulting in the analytics industry, and I have years of experience teaching analytics in the classroom at Greensboro College. This podcast is an ecosystem that I developed for my students so that they could get world-class career advice from leading analytics experts. To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program. On the high end, we've actually helped someone achieve a $54,000 pay increase. This means that on average, our students are recouping their investment between one to two months of landing their job. So if you're ready to take your career to the next level, click the links in the description and apply for our program. I would love to get to work with you. With all that being said, I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. So this is a great follow-up episode from last episode where I actually introduced Christina and Fabio. Fabio, we actually did that live on the last live stream where, where Dustin, our last guest, said he called me out and he was like, why don't you make this introduction right now on air? So I've introduced the two of you and, and you guys have been talking for what, a week or so now? Um, yeah, we had, I had emailed, um, well, messaged Fabio um, and he gave me like a, a contact um, to connect with um, for the job posting that I was interested in. And um, yeah, I've been able to connect with um, a couple of people in that company, um, Volvo. So kind of waiting to hear back right now, but I feel pretty confident in the application after having spoken to these people. Awesome. For, also, for everyone watching, Christina's having some, is it Wi-Fi issues? Is that why you're recording this from your car? <laughs> yeah, you could just call it that, I guess. <laughs> it's a little, little bit goofy, but Fabio, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm, I'm great. Things are, uh... so we're in the middle of beta testing this new analytics apprenticeship program. And I've just, so the, the whole premise is I'm taking people who want to pivot into the space partnering them with a medium to small size business where they can build out some analytics for the company. Mm-hmm. So we're testing that right now and it's, it's going actually pretty, pretty well. That's great, man. Yeah. But you've actually already talked to Christina and I mean, man, this was like a year ago at this point, wasn't it? 
when you came and yeah. talked to the my my students at Greensboro College. Yeah, I think so. I think it has been almost a year. So any new life updates? What have you been up to? I'm sorry? I said any new life updates? Are you still at – is it Electrolux? Is that how you say it? Yes, that's correct. I'm still in Electrolux. Um has been one and a half year now, which is crazy how times fly by. Um, so uh, a lot of exciting things and uh, just analytics and data and reporting. Every day is more important, so having tons of fun. Yeah, gotcha. So you, you moved from Greensboro down to Charlotte now, right? Yes, yes. I moved um, Thanksgiving last year, so um, one year in, in like four or five months. Nice. All right, so let's um, get to the topic at hand. Christina went through my analytics minor program at Greensboro College, and then she tacked on another one. Christina, do you want to fill uh, Fabio in a little bit on, on what you've been up to since you graduated? Yeah, so just last week, I completed a data science fellowship um, through um, a company called Correlation One. So it was um, like a a fellowship that took me through several um, business cases where we had to solve like several business problems using uh, data science. Um, We used a lot of like Python and some like SQL And then we also had on top of that, like a a capstone project that I had the chance to complete with a group of uh, three other people in the cohort. And so we kind of used um, what we were learning throughout like the lectures that we had every week. And then also did some further research on top of that to do um, a a project on uh, building a machine learning model to help predict chronic kidney disease in patients. And that's wow. what I've been up to. So I just finished that like <laughs> a couple of days ago. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Yeah. That's a solid start. <laughs> yeah. Also the acceptance rate was that, what was it like one, I think you listed it out in your resume. It's like what, one in a thousand. I can't remember. I don't know the exact, but um, yeah. Oh, less than 4% acceptance rate. Less than 4%. Yeah. So that's a, a super competitive program, which is awesome. And actually, Fabio, I kind of want to get your take on that. So you do a lot of hiring for entry-level jobs. Mm-hmm. How important is, well, number one, a college degree, and then also number two, like, does the prestige of the brand of the college factor into your decision at all? I think it's getting, um, I mean, for me, not really. I mean, I'm trying to look more in terms of, I mean, what's the fit of the, the role that we have being an entry-level um, you know, not always people can go to, um, I mean, to, to uh, top five schools, of course, right? I mean, I think it's everyone has a different background. And I'm trying to look at, you know, more like how proactive the, this individual is and, and what is he really passionate and how he could fit here. Um, but yeah, for a lot of people, it's still very important, you know, having the, having the degree, having the paper uh, in the wall. Um, but yeah. I think right now there's a lot of good shift in terms of, yeah, that's important, but there are other uh, ways of learning. There are other ways of you getting up to speed with technology and other ways for you to prove, you know, that, that you know you're passionate and willing to learn. Gotcha. Well, because what our last guest was telling us is that there's a certain amount of entry-level jobs that are no longer requiring a college degree. Mm-hmm. which 
I don't think that's that's a, a small minority of companies because I think what happens, and actually you, maybe you can you can tell me this is that whether you have a degree or you don't is typically kind of a filtering mechanism to thin the herd of applicants in a lot of organizations. Yeah, still is, you know, and still are, like, you know, especially as, as not only, not always that is to, um, you know, to block the entry level, but a lot of organizations, they already think of the next step, you know, and if you're entry level and then your next step is to become a senior or, or, or something else, and that might be required, you know, a certain level of education. So um, I agree, I've seen this trend where, you know, a lot of, like, you know, even large companies, big tech firms are, are dropping the, the college requirement, um, but it's still a lot, a lot that require. And uh, some of them, not necessary for the entry level, but, you know, as, as you think about that, you, you want to start. And if you want to progress, then probably that's still necessary. Although is also true that as you step in an organization and you have one or two years to prove your value, I think there are ways that you can offset that that requirement, but but it's still important, and still a lot of benefits are going through that process. Gotcha. All right, so let's talk about Christina, and I'm going to go ahead and share her resume. So you guys have been talking a little bit. Well, actually, fill me in. So what have you guys talked about so far? So I made the introduction. It was actually I think two weeks ago from today. Um, what 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 all has been kind of exchanged? And, yeah, not too much, I'd say. I mean, I think you um, you basically connect us by um, by saying that you have seen um, an opportunity on a company that I work for eight, nine years. So I probably would be in a good spot to provide some insight to Christine. Um, overall, um, a lot has changed since I left um, that company. And, and I, I probably am not aware who is the hiring manager there or like, could have a straight connection, but but then I pass some feedback to uh, Christine in terms of some key people that work on their area that would be perhaps a little more well positioned to give her some um, some support into that process, and um, and I also gave her a little bit of high level um, um, feedback on the on on her resume. Uh, it looks like your uh, camera is like glitching out. Yeah, looks like something out of the Matrix. Maybe turn it on and off. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, that looks crazy. Um, okay, so let's let's take a look at her resume because Christina, you were saying just before we went on air that wait, did did someone actually tell you that your resume didn't look good or it needed work? What did what were you saying? Um, yeah. So I, I'm gonna see if I can actually pull it up really fast. Um, the email. Yeah, so I applied to this one business analyst position, and they said um, the position that w- was put on hold, um, but that they would uh, consider me in the future for something else. Um, they, what did they say? It says, I would kindly suggest you take some time and have a look at your application from the hiring manager's perspective. Try to well, make sure that we're literally doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, they said try to make sure that all the information is clear, essential, and relevant. But most importantly, focus on your narrative. This is what sets you apart. And then they said also make sure to work on your cover letter, which and they gave me some examples, which I don't think I submitted a cover letter. Um, 
I don't remember them like specifically asking for one, but I'm like, maybe I just like missed that part where I was supposed to submit it or something. Um, maybe. So, um, Bobby, yeah. what do you, what do you, th- what's your weigh in on that? What do you think? Like, how can someone craft a narrative within their resume? Like, for example, when I was actually getting my MBA, they told us to have like a, an introduction paragraph, mm-hmm. but it looks like, so Christina, you've had what, four people revise this revenant resume and it, they've all told you not to do that. Yeah. Um, which, so for this next one that I wanted to apply to for um, the link that I sent you, I, I am considering putting in that like objective summary statement um, because of the feedback that I've received on this application. But then again, I don't want to like add that and then have to take it, take away something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great feedback. You know, I mean, every time you get feedback from, um, from, uh, from the hiring manager is always like very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, this, this person is probably giving feedback on, on his or her experience. And, and, you know, I mean, I think everyone has a different opinion in terms of how to take it. Um, but yeah, I think there are good takeaways that um, that he's sharing, um, and maybe we can just cover some of them. But as you're highlighting some of uh, like a headline, for example, I think that's important. You know that you know it doesn't need to be very long, but you just say, "Hey, recent graduate from this, being very passionate about data analytics." Like you know, it's just a quick intro to tell you who you are. Um, as as Hiring manager, sometimes when you post a position, you you might get 200 resumes, and very often they look exactly the same. Um, uh, and, 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 and therefore, there, there are some things that we can do here to tweak a little bit. Gotcha. Um, so do you have any specific feedback? Because uh, So, Christina, you already sent this resume over to Fabio. Um, so, Fabio, you've had a little bit of time to look over it. Is there any other feedback that you have? So it sounds like the the narrative thing is somewhat of a subjective thing. Like some hiring managers might like that, some might not. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, uh, cover letters nowadays, a lot of job postings, especially the ones from LinkedIn, very often, um, very often they don't even like allow you to submit the cover letter. But on this specific case, it can really help you. Sometimes cover letter doesn't need to be very formal in terms of, okay, hey, you're going to submit a uh, you know, like a full page of a cover letter. Sometimes a cover letter might be just an introduction email or an introduction connection on LinkedIn or or something that can just help you to explain who you are because looking at the resume, sometimes you, like, you know, you have 10 minutes to review 50 of them. People go fast and, and everything that you can do to differentiate can, can really help. Gotcha. So any general feedback? I do. I I do have some. I mean, I think, uh, uh, I mean, I think overall the content is is good. You're, you're putting a lot of information that you have. It does looks like a little busy. So uh, if you scroll down, uh, John, you can see, for example, that your margins are pretty narrow or you don't have margins at all in the bottom, probably trying to keep in a single page, which is, which is a good recommendation, right? If you look at the margins and the space between, you know, the sections here, uh, they're pretty compressed to limit to, uh, to probably to limit to a single page, which is, I would say, is, is usually the preference. Uh, but if we start on the top, uh, and I'm looking at some of the comments we're getting in the chat, uh, Dan Sanchez is, is making good comments, and he made a question, for example, do you have a, Git, uh, a GitHub account? 
Do you have, for example, a Tableau Public that should be in your header that could act, again, a little bit as intro, like an intro for you, uh, a narrative for you, because if people click on your Tableau Public, they're going to see what you have been up to in terms of working with, with some dashboards, play around with, with data visualization tools and, and other data. Um, so I think on the top, I definitely compliment what Dan is saying here, that if you have a GitHub or or a Tableau Public, I always put there because it's easy to click and take a look in your portfolio a little bit. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely add that. Also, yeah, so I can kind of help you out. So with the student analytics practicum, you could really, I guess you could almost just combine these together as like maybe just have the project and then have this is one point and this is another point. So yeah. that's, that's one way you could free up a little bit of space. Um, also, I think the FinTech community challenge is a little bit of a, it's not a priority. I think you could potentially remove that entire thing if you wanted to. Um, Cause it's, uh, although Fabio, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? They're doing I like, mean- Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I mean, I think you can customize depending on the, the job application that you're looking for. If you're really looking and applying for a data scientist, you know, that, you know, is pretty core data driven, we will make a difference for you add all the details behind, you know, the email marketing campaign or um, or other topics that are not related. Maybe depending on the, you know, the type of opportunity that you're having, you can summarize a little bit in terms of how you can, where you want to highlight, you know, or experience in terms of what you have been um, working more aligned with, with, um, with the area that you're looking for. Yeah. So if you, if you wanted to do kind of the narrative, like intro section, I would say just remove the FinTech. The FinTech. Yeah. And then that, that, that'll give you space so that you can say, all right, well, here's my narrative about what I, what I want to do professionally. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we can actually hop over to some of these. It's such a shame because that would have been so so cool to like have you look at the uh, Volvo job posting, but they've <laughs> they've pulled it down. Because um, one thing that Dustin was saying about the job posting is that it was really really vague. Can you give us some insight into like why are some of these job postings just? It's almost like copy and pasted and just like almost like random words. Random corporate words thrown together. Why does that happen? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just easy for people when they are rushed to to publish a position, you know. Hey, let me just copy what I have previously submitted two years ago and made one or two tweaks and, uh, and, you know, and uh, have a new one, pretty brand new. And, 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 you know, thinking that that would be enough. Sometimes it is, if, you know, if you're really looking for a profile that you are successful in the past. Um, so that, that might be one of the drivers say, Hey, I post similar jobs in the past and I, um, I have been successful. So why to change? Um, but I also say that, um, that, that, you know, like sometimes you're just like trying to be trying to, it's hard to post, you know, because you want to make sure that you attract people. You want to make sure that you talk about the company, you talk about the area and you talk about very specific, what is required. And very often you have the disclaimers, you know? <laughs> in mm. terms of hey, like we are eco company, we support and thing, blah blah blah. So, um, so it's tough. It's tough to uh, keep it compact, and you often trying to keep what matters into the bullet points on, you know, what's an ideal candidate has been. But um, 
But I've seen more and more, you know, people, like even job descriptions being posted already with the name of the hiring manager, uh, which is very cool because then you can just Google for this person, reach out and then clarify. So, so I'm also seeing like a little bit less of the corporate jargon. And sometimes like, you know, you see these job postings like, hey, if you're really passionate about data, you know, you like to play with dashboards or you like to play data statistics, that's a good posting for you, you know? So I've also seen people more speaking from, from the heart in some of those some of those postings. But but yes, by default, it's just corporate center. Gotcha. And, and Joe, I'm sorry, I don't want to deviate too much uh, from, from the initial talk we were having here about the resume. But one of feedback, additional feedback that I have, and perhaps that's more a personal opinion, if you're able to share your screen again, John, yeah, yeah, just Google new resume on Google. Um, and let's see some of the templates that show up because I okay. think this template that I that Christina has been using is like 95% of the templates that I see are like that. So just, just Google, um, you said new resume. New just type it there. Resume? Yeah, put images now. Let's take a look. All right. So you see like how like some of those... Uh oh. Uh oh, Fabio, you're you're breaking up. Hold on, let me try to <laughs> I was gonna say, so you, yours doesn't have a picture or anything in it. Hold on, let me try to pull him back in. Hey. Yeah, sorry, something's going on with my camera. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like something under like the, the matrix. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but if you look, for example, from the top, uh, and I'm getting back in a second, from the top, the second from left to right. Uh, uh, this one right picture. here? Yeah. I'm, a big, I'm not a big fan of picture, but uh, but I like a little bit, like, you know, thinking a resume about new ways of, of sharing about you, right? Look at this guy. You have some intro in the left, um, and I don't know this person. It's probably not real. <laughs> right. <laughs> or uh, the experience is probably not uh, anything. No, but, no. but you can see how this is segment, right? I mean, if I get one of these in my desk without the picture, I'm not a fan of the picture. Uh, but if I get even – you see the one in the just below that one that doesn't have a picture. Yeah, this, this one. Guy. Mm-hmm. So you see how that is a little more segmented, right? It's a little more clean. Uh, it's a little more different than the others. A lot of people don't agree with me. They like the very traditional, the template that you're using. But uh, I'll be honest, like sometimes I get a hundred of them and I have 15 minutes to review and I go like one from the other. And just by seeing a different template sometimes is very encouraging and, and, and call my attention to just take a deeper look on that profile. Gotcha. Yeah. So you said you don't like the picture in the profile? In the resume? I mean the resume, yeah. No, I don't. Gotcha. Some people might like it. I mean, yeah. Well, that's actually true. Well, one thing for sure, you need your tablet public up here. Christina, you've like worked on that for two semesters with me alone. And I don't know if you've continued to work on it through the other program you went through. Yeah. So I would say the link, the, um, the LinkedIn profile is basically going to regurgitate all of this back. The tablet public portfolio is going to show your work so they can actually click around on it and see the interactivity that you built out in some of your dashboards. So that's going to be yeah. way more potent. Yeah. And when you click on the LinkedIn, I don't think you, it's not a hyperlink, right? To jump. So uh, go back to the resume. I don't think you yeah. can click. So if you're adding links, make sure like they're clickable, like with the hyperlink. Oh, interesting. So we can, yeah. 
and within a PowerPoint, it can actually pull up a browser. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty powerful. Do you do you think it would be better to have like one? Because like I'm thinking about like adding all the links up there, like how it would look, versus like have creating like a personal website, like maybe like one that's already like with a template, so that I don't you know put too much time into it, um, and then link all of those in there. Or does that make it like harder for somebody to be like, oh, I just want to look at? No, I mean, I don't think it make it harder. I mean, but uh, I don't think it make it easier either. I, I think to me is a little indifferent, right? Uh, you could have, I know, like here you have basically your your full link, but if you can able to put the hyperlink, you can just type LinkedIn and uh, like you know the hyperlink, so you don't even need to have the long LinkedIn. Um, uh, link and then you might be able to fit one or two more there. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, so you could just have the text be linked in and then Tableau Public, and then yes. all they have to do is just hover over it and click on it, and it'll take it take them to your landing page. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and that's a, I mean, that's pretty sophisticated in terms of resumes go because I don't think too many people are thinking about. Actually, that's a good question. Fabio, when you're looking at resumes, are you looking at it within a web browser or do you download them as a PDF like this and look at them? Uh, on my previous job was via the browser because the system would spit out everything to me, you know, <clears throat> but uh, but still the links would still work, I remember. Okay. Uh, but but uh, nowadays I receive all, all the PDFs that, that were applied to it pretty much. Gotcha. Ooh. I think we lost Christina. We've lost Christina. Man, we are having all kinds of technical difficulties tonight. <laughs> but right, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. So one thing that I wanted to, to highlight is that, okay, so this is, a, this is a data science role and this is an analyst role. Do you think with uh, Christina's current credentials, she could apply for both or she's well suited for one over the other? Um, I haven't looked in the second one. Um, yeah, let's pull that up. Mm-hmm. It's a quality environmental support analyst. I think I might have linked the. It was like a different one. No, I don't Let's think that was see. the right one. <laughs> yeah. So go to the second one. You want me to go down to this one? I think the first one, right, Christina? Um. That, oh, you that's added the untapped. One that I'm like actively applying to now this one yeah we are the number one diversity recruiting platform interesting here we go disclaimer the team yeah does the product marketing we're going to take a quick pause from the episode so that i can give you some more information about our career services program Over the last four years, I have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics. And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. So if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David's students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program 
offers you an analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one -on -one with me to help build your personal brand. So we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio. All right, let's get back to the episode. Nice, base salary. <laughs> Going for it. <laughs> Good entry level, no doubt. Is this, is this entry level? <laughs> Let's um, see, does they he ask, ask for experience? For, they ask for two years, although I, I'm seeing all entry level ask for like two years. <laughs> yeah, markets are crazy. Partner yeah. with other VAs, define key business metrics. What, okay, so what to bring. So this is the, the way they're wording it, I'm like trying to have to decipher like what, Okay, what to bring is the section where, all right, this is the skills. So two plus years of relevant experience and data analysis are similar, which you're actually, Christina, you are pretty much there in that you've taken my case studies and business analytics class where you worked on multiple real projects through Silvertone. Then you worked mm -hmm. on Summitland for the Capstone project, and you've been working on real projects this this past, this full year through your fellowship program yeah i so, would say I, I have like about two years maybe about a year and a half so fabio do you count that experience as experience or does that need to be true blue out in the working world working experience well i mean i think here's relevant experience i count uh, probably if they are look for very like already work, probably be professional experience or, you know, uh, probably would be labeled a little different. And so in this case, I'd say count. You say it would or it would not? It would. It would count. Okay. If they I are assume. looking for a hey, experience in the job, probably they should have phrased a little different in terms of uh, instead of relevant experience, probably so two years of professional experience. Yes. All right. Um Christina, do you feel like you're okay, Fabio? Help us decipher what does advanced mean in this in this situation. I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not trained on SQL, but probably advanced means. I mean, you're pretty much very able to uh, to be very uh, complex, managing very complex databases to be able to you know. To, and maybe someone on the chat can help me. But I'd say like manage very complex data sets, work with a big data, probably, you know, in terms of, hey, you can just do not do a load star and, and see how it's coming your data because it's never going to retrieve. So I'm just probably looking at a lot of data, complex database that requires a lot of joins, uh, advanced calculations and aggregations to be able to summarize the data. So that's what I would interpret it as advanced SQL skills. But um but I'm a business guy, and <laughs> no, so, Fabi, I'm with you. I don't, I don't know SQL. I, I, have, I have other people doing SQL for me. But what I think is a bit of a contradiction is that it says two or more years of relevant experience yet advanced SQL. So does two years of SQL coding can that equate to advanced SQL? I, I mean, I think it can. Yeah, I think okay. it can. If you're working day in and out with with uh, good challenges, yeah, you can. So we got Tableau right here, or Tableau right here. So we got that checked off. So Christina- so you know, you, We know now which tools they use. Yeah. So Christina, you better put that Tableau public mm -hmm. hyperlink yeah. in your resume by the time you apply for this. 
will. experience and passion for metrics development and dashboard. So you've got this too within that portfolio. Extensive knowledge of statistics. You literally are a math major. You got that knocked out of the park. Um, I think that this can be demonstrated through, well, through the, the, the use cases that you've worked through, like working on the project for Summitland, which Christina, do you want to tell Fabio about that project that you worked on for the capstone? Um, yeah. So for our capstone project, we worked directly with the CEO of um, Summitland Home, who was launching a new, who had just launched a new product line for um, for their like new season. Um, and I had the chance to work like directly with their marketing team uh, to pull data and uh, analyze it uh, to compare which different media channels were performing better and more specifically, which products in which media channel were performing the best. Um, so we could just drill down and make a suggestion to the marketing team as to where they should be putting in um, their their ad spending budget. Yeah, and uh, you think you are able to make a recommendation where they should be put that budget? You think your analysis yield to, uh, to, uh, to decision-making the organization? Um, yes, I, I think our analysis was um, compared the different channels well enough to like make a, a good suggestion um, to where they would get the most profit. All right, you need to work on that explanation, Christina. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Put, what you what she, what Christina did was she looked. There was a, a a manufacturing company who was manufacturing like home hardware. They were launching a new product line. And we were ad testing Facebook, Amazon, and Google ads to see which one or which marketplace had the best return on investment. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. had we had the cost of ad spend, and then we looked at sales, and then we could break it down across different dimensions, like uh, maybe age and gender, like who to target within those platforms. So I, I think that was a pretty solid project to get them to get under her belt. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you get a question, basically what I'm asking, like, hey, I want to hear more about it, right? And then you're trying to, to dig into a little more details on, on the next layer of information. And, and, you know, depending, like, you can keep going, you know, or I can just be satisfied, say, yeah, that sounds pretty cool and looks like you did support. But, uh, but also some people might want to go pretty deep and say, hey, how did it, like, technically how you deliver that or like, you know, what are the biggest challenges you have faced? So I think it was good intro. You can, if, if you know, if your audience is, is interested, you keep going deeper. Right. So Fabio, typically what I tell students is explain it very simply. Like she could have simply said, I helped a manufacturing company launch a new product line. And we did, uh, a calculation of return on investment across three different ad camp, ad platforms. Like that's like essentially like what one to two, one to three sentences. And then if you're interested, you can start asking questions and then you start giving more details. I think a lot of people when explaining projects start with the details and then try to work back upward. It, it seems to be something I'm seeing over and over again. Yeah. Just, yeah. And try to read your audience, right? If you're, if you're making an interview with a um, senior leader, Probably they don't care anything about technically, you know, if you use like GDplot or Panda or they just want to say like, hey, what was the business reason and not the output? Because probably someone else during the interview panel would be like to probably drill down a little more technically on that. And I think we have a question from the from the chat, John. So 
Um, yeah. So Sarath is asking, why do most entry-level jobs ask for two or more years of experience? How will grads get a job after doing a data de degree? Well, Bobby, I mean, this one's for you. Uh, yeah, it's a tough question. Um, I, I mean, I think it's just because um, it's someone that needs you to have uh, a decent foundation to get up to speed on the road. That's why. And how your grads get a job. I mean, I think we discussed some of the ways here, whatever you're doing projects, whatever you're exploring tools, you're doing internships, you know, during your, during your, um, like alongside your, your, your classes. So um, there are good ways of, of, of getting a little bit of that knowledge and two years is decent. I see Robert question into levels five or eight years, then, then you yeah, forget about it. Right. Um, then probably, probably, yeah, that's that's senior level, right? Yeah, probably eight years in. Yeah, I'm only seven senior. years in. <laughs> See, and you're like, guru. <laughs> well, I just tell the smart people what to do, I'm good at the high level <laughs> stuff, right? I, I guess it's what they call management, but right. no, I think yeah. Fabio, I think you're absolutely right. Um, the what's happening in terms of the job market and the education programs is that the the signal that you, you used to send from having a college degree is that people would, uh, they wanted to snatch up fresh graduates. Now, just having a college degree alone is not enough. You need to start having internships, maybe work um, some other jobs that are re related. So you could potentially, let, let's say you wanted to get into marketing analytics. Well, you could take an entry-level marketing job part-time along with getting your analytics degree and then start having marketing analytics so you can take your your entry-level marketing job and start looking like really looking at the data. And then you can start building up that, that personal brand of yours well before you graduate. Yeah. And you can, um, and you can, I think I discussed that in my first podcast with you, John, pre COVID. And, uh, <laughs> before <laughs> the, the world green, fell apart. Yeah. The Greensboro HQ, um, which. Um, oh, that's right. You've been on three times. Yeah. Fabio, you're awesome. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. That was a good one. Next time we do in person again. I know, I know. Um, but yes, I mean, I think we discussed a couple of ways that you can get your experience, right? I mean, whatever you're doing, you've played your own data that you have, your Strava data, you know, your credit card data, uh, or just get on up your, your fantasy data. I've seen very strong candidates come to me in an interview with their fantasy data in, into a, like a Tableau Public or, or other source of dashboards. So there are ways you can build that muscle. Uh, and come and show that you're passionate. Uh, up to two years, two and a half, probably good for entry level, but then Robert, five to eight, go to the next opportunity because those guys don't know what they're asking for. Yeah, so they so you would say that this is a red flag when you're red looking for flag, jobs yes. because they're yeah. like, they have no idea what they're doing. All right, so let's get I back. I think we are being a little extreme, right? I mean, I think yellow flag, you can try to clarify. Yellow <laughs> <laughs> flag. All right. So, uh, Christina, this this is amazing that you found this. It's a hundred thousand dollar a year job, two plus years of experience. I mean, this is this this is such a good like signal that there is so much opportunity in this space right now. Yeah, hot area, hard to find candidates, high turnover. Uh, yeah. uh, hard to find someone that can do both. Look at this nice stuff. Scroll up a little bit, but look at this. The what? Sorry, scroll down a little. What's no, yeah, up, up a little oh. bit. Up. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so what do you do? So 
you know, is a mix. You know, you're going to have to work cross-functionally, partner with other areas to understand, you know, sometimes they will bring a business problem and you're going to have to convert that into a business and data solution, a reporting solution. So they are not asking to you and say, hey, I have this 10 Excel convert into a SQL or I have this 20 SQL queries converting into Tableau. I mean, it looks like here the, the job description is a little broader, which is exciting. And it's hard to find people that can do both. You know, sometimes you can be very technical and be very good at it. Hey, I'm very good in taking directions and whatever you ask me, I'm going to go and I code and I'm going to output. But sometimes the business are just going to say, hey, my margins are going down. Help me to fix it. And you're going to have to work cross-functionally, understand the business, work with other areas. So uh, so that's why probably it's going to, uh, to, you know, to a higher base salary because it's, it's, it's not uh, easy to find that complete candidate. Uh, Robert brings up a good point here in the chat. So 100,000 <laughs> may not be as it's much. Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> in San yeah. Francisco, Robert. Right? Or, or yeah. Long Beach. <laughs> so Chris, Christian Bordeaux, one of our um, former guests, he is a, he's an analyst. He was at PlayStation. He just got an analyst job at Activision. And he was telling me how much he spent on a three-bedroom house in that area. And it is probably three times as much as what I would spend on a similar house in Greensboro. I mean, it is that the cost of living and yeah. across the country varies. No, let's wildly. see. Let's see that. Does does this job description say if it's remote, flexible work, hybrid, post-COVID? It's does remote. Yeah, it's remote. See? Man, so Christina, how did you find this? You like really, uh, you did a, you knocked this out of the park finding this opportunity. Yeah, so I Robert, found it. <laughs> it's actually because I, um, I applied through another role through their platform so they they have like so they do like job oh it's the diversity recruiting platform yeah and so through their platform i applied applied to a different job and then i think because i was on their platform i was getting like an ad or something so i just like clicked on the site and then went to the career page yeah. Kind of found so, it there. Uh, yeah, remote. Well, then, I mean, but this is like I want to talk about like a narrative arc or a personal brand. You got a diversity scholarship for your fellowship. Like that's like the whole concept of your fellowships built around that, right? Yep. So I think that's going to stand out in that. Okay, you're most likely very much in line with our mission because right. you're. I mean, yeah, you're you're kind of like the testament of hey, we need a more diverse workforce. Let's talk about, you know, well, Christina fits that, that kind of trajectory. So Fabio, what do you think? Do you think she's, she's ready for this one based on you, you've taken a look at her resume? Yeah, I think so. I mean, might be a little stretch just given, uh, probably it's a very high competitive job, like, like many others, but yeah, you're a good candidate. You, yeah. I mean, we went on what you bring and, you know, you check the boxes. I mean, on almost all of them, um, so yeah, Christina, you're a good candidate. So uh, you might be making here like 10% of what Joe makes. So it's pretty good. <laughs> 10 percent that's, that's a little steep. Um, nice to have you, or nice to have experience, experience working in an early stage startup. Christina, Silvertone Analytics is an early stage startup. Okay. You can tell totally me. How would I phrase that? Like what? On an, how would I phrase that? Like on. Okay, 
so this is this is uh, I'm so glad that I found this because this is something that I can give you like unique insight into. So what what they are trying to tell you here is that we are a small company and you're going to wear multiple hats and the work's going to be very varied. It's going to be different day in and day out. Um, you know, problems might arise that are erratic to where if you want to go work at Truist like Navid, it's pretty much stable. Like you have it's the world's sixth largest bank, so they've They've been around for forever. They have like a pretty normal like flow of business. If there's a fire, it's usually not as um, as as kind of severe as a startup because in a startup environment, you might do all the right things and then it's all speculative. You could do everything right and you still fail as a startup because it's all it's kind of like a gamble. So what they're trying to get at here is that. Do, are you okay with that? And it sounds like you you want to kind of be more in that environment, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I wanted yeah. to buy out, like, I guess as much as I can in a single role. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and this is what I've been um, kind of – Fabio, this is what I've been telling students is I think it's at least an interesting idea or a good idea to start off in a smaller company and then you get exposure to a lot of different things. I mean, if, if you know that you want a very stable, secure job that you do one specific thing, by all means, go get a bigger job. But if you're kind of unsure, I think it's a, a good idea to work at a, a smaller company where they're like what you're going to be doing here. Christina, it looks like you're going to be working across a ton of different things. You agree with that, Fabio? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it makes sense. But uh, but at the same time, you know, I mean, I think I've um, sharing perhaps a little bit of my experience. I've I've worked in. Um, I mean, my my first couple of jobs are always in Fortune 500 companies, and and nine nine years of my career was in Volvo. And if you grab a nice division, you know, I think data. Um, the, the data in the reporting and the analytics area, I mean, very often you're going to have that exposure to multiple departments, which is very good, you know. So uh, so at the same time, you know, um, large organizations, they also teach you how to do things and how to do things right. Um, so it's a mix. I'd say it's a mix of skills that makes you a complete professional. I mean, I think it's important to get on, a, as John mentioned, on a more unstructured environment. A more entrepreneur, like we know where every day might be a little different, but you're challenging every day that when you think you're getting good, something comes and completely changes and you have to rebuild and rebuild it better. Um, so it's very good to work like that, but it's also very, very important, you know, to uh, to learn from the betters, like, you know, in large companies, how, how to do it right and how to get, like, you know, strong systems and governance um, to, do, to do things. So, um, so I, mean, if it, I mean, especially in the beginning of the career, as much as you can get in different areas, the better, I would say. Yeah. Well, because I think working in startups is a lot more stressful than working in corporate environments. Although, I don't know, my experience has been opposite because I, I tried working, I interned at a large company and I realized immediately that this is not the cultural fit for me. So that was stressful um, for me. But, um, Christina, you're young and you're healthy. So you, you if you wanted to work in a startup that's a little hectic, I think you could soldier through it. And you might actually like it. You might hate it, but you're early enough in your career that, all right, well, if you did get this job, you'd be anchoring at $100,000. So 
So you can only you go up from there. Well, I mean, I guess you could go down, but I don't think I don't think you will. <laughs> Question for you, Christina, on your on the job description, uh, John. Can you put back on the screen? There is a yeah. good question there, especially in this business. Um, scroll up a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry, it's down. It's on the here. You go. What you bring, Christina? Are you passionate about their mission? Uh oh. I think she's having definitely she's, very passionate. Oh, okay. Um, Christina, you're frozen. Am I back? Um, I can hear your voice, but your face was frozen. It's funny that you went out to your car to get a better Wi-Fi signal, but then that's that's <laughs> even the contingencies fall. But yeah, it sounds like Christina, yeah, turning your camera off might might help. So it sounds like you are you're passionate about that. Uh, I guess, I guess not. No. Just <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So well, while now? she gets, okay. Yes, we can. Hello? Yes. So, um, <laughs> like I was reading. Like this up here. Can you hear me now? Uh, I can hear you now. Yeah. Yeah, now. let's cover Barry's questions. Yes, and let's we'll, we'll get her. All right. So Barry is asking, if you have a bachelor's degree in an unrelated field, is it worth getting your master's in data science? Or will a boot camp's online learning program suffice? Interesting. So great we're going to have question. a debate here, Fabio. <laughs> great question. It does. It's great. Because then you bring... You know, you bring perhaps knowledge into different areas, you know, uh, different business perspective. Um, and you can just top that with very technical and, and narrow knowledge on this field. Highly, highly recommend, you know, I mean, I think it's a very good question. Uh, I think I even saw some surveys from Gartner in the past. For example, if you think, hey, what's a very complete, uh, like, you know, in the past was a BI analyst or nowadays analytics or reporting. You know, and I remember back in the day, someone that has the design background, that has the, you know, the mathematics and statistics and know how to code and play with those tools. Because with, with those three skills is what make a complete data professional back in the day. Uh, not saying that I'm, I fully agree with that, but, but it's just to give a perspective from Gartner that they are saying, hey, that's the ideal, you know, professional. Um, and I've seen so many successful people in this area that, you know, started on something else. You know, people did like, psychologic or like went to law school and realized it's not that they love and they top that to data but but you know i think that's what is the beauty about data in this area is that there's not a single path you know hey i'm gonna go and learn this and then that and then this like you know a lot of times you're gonna add a lot of value by just having different perspectives uh, and knowing how to drive some of those tools okay i want to i'm going to push back on you do you think a master's degree is the most effective way to do that now no, but he but he did not limit to that. Like, or maybe he's trying to, the second question. Not okay. necessary. Boot camps, online learning, all of them, whatever you feel that for your, you know, for for your own benefit is going to take the best lift. You know, I mean, I right. haven't done any master in data science, and and I have been lucky enough to lead some teams on that area. But I do learn a lot on the job, and you know, trying to go very deep. I 
go to boot camps. I try to expand my network and hear from the specialists, go to online programs, Coursera, you know, or um, LinkedIn learning like John was having, like his nice courses there. Um, so, uh, so, I mean, I think it's very cool that you can complement your previous knowledge with some more technical um, mm-hmm. approach, but uh, I have no preference. Perhaps for you is best a master, for someone else it might be the bootcamp. So. Okay, I, so I have some more, like, I have like a pretty thought out answer to kind of the, the conversation around master's degree, bootcamps, online learning. Um, well, first of all, it exists on a spectrum. So if you were just doing LinkedIn learning and you were watching hour long courses and you have certifications of completions, you cannot string those together to get the same quality of education as you would in a master's degree. Like there's not enough rigor there because you could, in theory, just play LinkedIn learning while you're cooking dinner and do that every night for a whole year. And you have 365 Mm -hmm. courses. So there has to be a cost associated with a cost outside of money. So you have to actually invest time and energy and resources into expanding the skill set. Um, the boot camps are really in, an interesting place in that the downside of getting a master's degree is that I had to spend two years and upwards of $30,000. Plus there's an opportunity cost of, I could have been earning money on top of that for those two years. Because Fabi, I think we went to the same, you went to the UNCG MBA program, right? I did. Yes. Yeah. So you went to the evening program and work full time, which is probably smarter. Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I, it's funny because I'm actually the person he's talking about. Of I pivoted from selling insurance into the, the analytics space yeah, through see. the UNCG MBA program, so it worked out for me. Yeah, um, but it was very costly. Is it? And I think boot camps. And see what's wild about boot camps is it's essentially like the wild west. Like there's a wide discrepancy. Some of them are great. Some of them are really bad. Yeah. And they're yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's again, like. Exactly. I mean, perhaps on the, I fully agree with your statement, you know, masters, you're going to go pretty deep on all the topics from conceptual to the technical side. So pretty strong boot camps are pretty cool. I mean, they're fancy, right? I mean, it's fancy to say I'm on a boot camp. I like it, but, um, but at the same time you work a week on each two and then like you sometimes like what's really your ability to go and become like a really an expert on any of them. So, uh, mm-hmm. so I think they complement each other well. Perhaps you're going to do a boot camp and say, hey, I really love Python. Now I'm going to go and just like dig into that and I'm going to do the online programs just to narrow that. But it was very good that I was able to get exposed to, to other tools that are out there that I wouldn't otherwise. So, um, right. I mean, there is no, honestly, like guys, there is no like a straight path. Everyone has a different and depending on your ambition, depending where you are in your career. Uh, and as John mentioned, where what you can afford, you know, I mean, Perhaps you'd love to go and do the masters in MIT and data science. It's pretty expensive, right? I mean, not not everyone can afford. So, um, and also like your ability to collaborate and understand all the concepts that you're learning. So, um, open. Sorry for the open <laughs> answer, Barry. But basically, no. I, I love the open answer. I and I wanted to actually open it up even further, so to speak, in that. What is your, so I got an MBA with a concentration in analytics. You got something similar, right? Or did you just get an MBA? 
No, mine was uh, no concentrations, just a general. I didn't, I didn't focus on any specialization. I, I tried to be a little more general. But honestly, on my electives, I was focusing on project management or IT, um, trying to get more there. Gotcha. Because I think that if you want to move up into management, like maybe an analytics manager role, I think an MBA is actually very valuable. Yeah, I mean, it's all of them are. But yeah, MBA is cool. I mean, you have some good topics on, on you know, on leadership, on finance, on supply chain, on operations. So so it, gave you, it gives you a little bit the broader business aspect of, of, uh, of a master's program. But uh, I agree with you, John. It depends where you want to go. If right. you say, hey, I want to be a data scientist and lead a data science team, then probably you should do the opposite. You should go more technical in your electives, trying to be more general, but your core should be a little more technical. Yeah, and I think it's also, this is kind of a self-reflective point of what do you want to do? Like Fabio, Mm -hmm. what do you do day in and day out? Do you work with technology or do you work with people, managing people, or is it a mixture of both? It's a mix. You know, some days um, I'm really going deep and do financial planning and how does or company PL looks seven years from now. So, you know, it's very like finance driven business decisions, like, you know, cost management. Um, and then my next day, I'm really pretty deep into analytics project, trying to find efficiencies and better decision making on, um, you know, on a call center, you know, for example. And then the next, um, you know, I'm recruiting people and just supporting my people to be successful in their jobs. So, so uh, it changes dramatically, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because I think some people want to just work on code. And yeah. I think that maybe a master's yeah, in data yeah. science would be good, great for them. Because yeah, sure. an, an MBA, it gives you that wide breadth where um, it, it was probably a little bit different structure for when you got your MBA at UNCG than I did. But we had classes on marketing, technology, supply chain, um, all the different facets of business, finance. Um, so you kind of get like a, a high level view of, of, of how everything fits together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree. Gotcha. All right. Well, Christina's screen is still grayed out. So while she's working on her, Oh, I think you, it's, you there? can you hear me now? <laughs> I can't hear yes. you now. Okay. Like It's like super dark. Yeah. Yes. Let me try to turn this on. Okay. Was there yes. another um, job posting you wanted to take a look at? Well, Christina did not answer our question if she was passionate about untapping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, they're really dedicated to really employing, like, the diversity and inclusion um, when it comes to, like, the hiring process really everywhere. Um, and I feel like a lot of companies seem to preach that. Um, and, like, maybe they just put it on their website because they're supposed to or because it sounds nice or looks good. Um, but then when you get to like the actual hiring process or to their practices, they're not actually as diverse or inclusive as they claim they are. Um, but it seems to me that untapped from what I can tell so far, like reading um, from what their mission is and like what they've done across their organization, it seems like they're like very genuine about that. And like that, it's like their priority. So it's like, it's, it seems like a real thing. Um, and being like um, a first generation and uh, a daughter of immigrants myself, like I really see how it's super important to be inclusive and diverse when it comes to the hiring process. 
So, so yeah, I think I... yeah. So let me pretend I'm the hiring manager on Untapped, and I think yours is a great conceptual answer. Do you have our app? Do I? I'm sorry. What? Do you have the Untapped app? Do I have the Untapped app? Um, I don't have the Untapped app. Uh, are you a heavy drinker? Um, I have <laughs> I have used Untapped. Um, like the website to apply to different jobs um, and like have built my, I have made, built my like profile on there, um, like answered all the questions. And um, it seems like they like unta that untapped is um, looking into other areas of like who you are as a working professional, um, like a lot deeper than your more traditional like job application where it's just like your name, address, um, and resume. All right. I'm going to butt in. Fabio, excellent question. Christina, add your LinkedIn through your Tableau public, and then also download the app. Yeah. Like, have some questions or some feedback. Can you put it app. up the job description again, John, if yeah. you mind? Let's take that. Oh. Untapped. So if I go and I tap untapped, I see like if you go to their website, do you have their vision pretty clear there? Like if they're saying, hey, are you passionate with our vision? Do you feel it's clear to find their vision? Oh, wait, this is the wrong app. <laughs> Don't download this one. <laughs> and, and that's what I think for, for a second I was thinking was that one. Untapped, uh, is it diversity app? <laughs> well, what's funny is I actually interned at Volvo Trucks, and the first thing they asked us about was, uh, tell like, do you know what kind of car? Like, they, it was some question like, we're not Volvo car, we're Volvo Trucks. Do you even know that? You're out of, you know, 90% of the times, if you say Volvo cars, you're out. Yeah, yeah, you're done. That's like mm -hmm. <laughs> step one. <laughs> it's like a very simple uh, weeding fulcrum there. But yeah, so let's see. So this is it right here. Yeah. Yeah. For our candidates, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some minutes, I thought we are the really untap app of the beer app. And that's what I <laughs> that, that's what I thought too when I first saw it because I oh. I think I think and, Untapped is in Wilmington, North Carolina, right? The, the and that's the, what I would challenge Christina, you know, because but let's say let's pretend now Christina is this Untapped, the beer one, the beer one. Are you passionate yeah. about our mission? Um, discover and share. Yes. Oh, I just. Okay, I was like, what is it? <laughs> okay, so I would say. Um, yes, I think a lot of times people have a hard time figuring out whether they want to go somewhere to have a drink, um, because it just shows you things like on a menu on a Google map. Um, and I think the untapped, um, where you get to discover and share your favorite beer, like if you're going out to have a drink, like that's what you really want to look at and, just looking at a menu um, on some website isn't going to tell you much about it. So I think it's really necessary to have something like the Untapped app to really enhance the experience of somebody wanting to go out and have a good drink. Right. And then I, like if I'm a hiring manager and I want to push you hard, 
Christine, I saw in the news that they are saying that my app sucks because underage people are using that and drinking more and using the app. How will future work in that company? Um, I think that if that's an issue within the company, uh, there could be new uh, safety features um, developed within the app to make sure that the people that are using the app are of legal age. Um, yeah, I think that there's uh, lots of new like uh, types of like ID scans that you can do That's within an app and, um, you know, probably develop that within the app to just make it safer for everybody involved. Great. Awesome. So this is essentially like the Strava app for drinking, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can like track what you what you have and your friends can be like, cool, I like that beer. Yeah. Yeah, and also like some yeah, you drink and you drink a good one and six months later you don't remember the name and you have your you have there in your um, you know you having that in the checking tabs that you have done is pretty 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 uh, useful. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so it looks like we got. But it's challenging, right? I mean, I think um, a lot of debate has go like for example on the vapes. And other companies, um, cigarette companies, of course, especially being there in Greece, we're in Winston Salem area. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's important that if say it's about the company missions that you really do, you know, that you'd go to the job and you feel good about it. So we got a question from Bobby here. I also have an unrelated bachelor's, but I work as a developer for Cognos. Often feel though it doesn't prepare me for the analytics job I'd look for. Should I look into continuing ed, in your opinion? So if he's a developer for Cognos, I mean, that's a pretty big company, right? It yeah, sounds like he's, he's, or he perhaps is a company that uses Cognos. Okay. So it sounds like he's already got the, this, like the technical skills. Because if he's a developer, I'm assuming coding. So really it's just like, you know Spanish, so you're trying to learn another uh, one of those like very related, like Portuguese, like you, you're learning a very similar language that's got a lot of the similar like overlapping. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, Bobby, should I look in continuing education always? Even if Cognos would give you that chance, never stop. I was trying to learn something new, something else. Technology those days get dated pretty quick. Um, tools that I used to work in terms of BI and reporting the past some of them don't even, don't even exist anymore so uh oh there's like multiple so he said or should i focus on projects right now i'm essentially a report developer i use sql and excel as well as the bi tool but i'm sure i'm sure if my job prepares me for a real analytics job bobby yeah. if you're doing sql and excel as well as a bi tool you're already doing it you know, this sounds like imposter syndrome like he's uh, just not you don't I, think that's yeah. a, a developer job I've I mean, an uh, analytics shop? No, it is. I mean, I think it's a good start, you know, but, you know, nowadays analytics is very misused. There's a lot of, like, buzzwords, you know. People just say, hey, hey, I'm going to come and my bright nephew is going to run three reports for me and now he's an analytics guy, you know. I mean, I think it's, uh, hold on, right? I mean, um, I think, like, uh, depend on what you're going through. And, and probably I, I would answer different two years ago, but uh, most recent I've been just bombarding with buzzwords and people that just go and say, hey, I did. On my role, I do five reports to my sales guy, so I'm basically an analytics guy. Like, it's not it's not like that, right? I mean, I think it's 
it's a great start. You know, you're in the technology area, you're a report developer, you know SQL, you're using BI tools, so you're building your foundation, you know. But BI tools, if you think there are multiple levels of maturities and complexity, the, the pres prescriptive analytics, you're just looking at the past, you know, looking at your mirror, what happened, and what technology is doing is you're trying to anticipate what will happen, how can I influence, what if I do this, and how the analytics will change that. So um, analytics is, is, is changing fast. Okay, so um, you're talking about the data maturity model. Yeah. So like yeah. I've essentially carved out my whole analytics like career in descriptive analytics, which is, is phase one. Yeah, um, fine. Me too. And, and 90% of the business professionals, right, I think, because that was five years ago was how we could do with the tools that we had and with the data that we had. Right. Um, it, well, it's interesting because he said something along the lines of something about a real analytics job. I don't really put it. Okay. Actually, he didn't say anything about real. He just said, I also have an unrelated. I often feel, though, it doesn't prepare for analytics jobs. Oh, that he'd look for. So, okay. So maybe he's working in descriptive analytics now. So he's already got his foot in the door. And now he's trying to get into predictive. So yeah, a, a master's degree in applied statistics or uh, data science might actually really help you get up to that that next yeah. level. Statistical, like again, the job description that we had there, statistics, you know, um, soft skills, ability of work with others and understand business problem and convert that into like a data solution. So. Um, you have a good start, you know, you're in the tech area, you know, Cognos. I started Cognos as a user, like back in the day, it was great. Financial consolidations, mainly I think because Cognos was at least used in the past, uh, was pretty good. Um, you're exposed to data, exposed to BI tools, just keep going, man. Um, you have a good start and, you know, probably a good overall understanding on like, you know, how data management consolidation reporting and bi can 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 work together gotcha so dan is saying i agree with the sentiment of learning about the company and its product services doing research and seeing how it might be able to drive them forward it just becomes draining to do that with each and every company you're applying to so it, it sounds like don't do all of the mass research on the companies until you get to sit down do that right before your interview is, is my take on that yeah, sure. I also, Bobby said, thank you. Appreciate your advice. Perhaps I do look into a data science boot camp or master's. Good luck yeah. with it. Yeah, thanks for the question. Awesome. So, Christina, your screen is still. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm just, I've given up on the camera and the mic because uh, right now you guys sound like, um, like chipmunks to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, is there any other, I guess we can, we can close out now. Um, is, well, if Lester, Christina, do you have any other questions? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Not, not right now. I guess I'm just waiting to hear back from um, all these jobs and the Volvo one specifically. I, I just turned in that application, so hopefully nice. I'll hear back soon. Well, this untapped diversity app thing would be a super sweet first gig. So, I would be very proud of you if you got that. Yeah. But you got home, you got homework to do, even though you've graduated from my program. Get that LinkedIn learning or the uh, the Tableau Public, and then also what was the other thing? There was one other GitHub. Thing. GitHub. 
the GitHub. Get that yep. on there and then go up. Oh, also, there's three things. And then download their app and use it. Yeah. I don't think Untapped, the diversity one, has an app. I think we are all thinking that was the beer first. So Yeah, I think, uh, I think we got confused with the beer. I think it's just a, a platform. That, like, that's funny because yeah, I, okay, I knew I that know. Untapped was a beer app. Uh, that it threw me for a second. Okay, so I guess they're just a platform then. Yeah. So, but but get on. Yeah, there's like you platform. Yeah, you you fit. Ben and Bobby and Robert, do you guys also thought it was the beer yeah. app, <laughs> or was just us here? I think, I think I do have one more question. Um, I don't know if uh, anybody like you guys or someone in the chat can also in give any info on this. Um, I was, I did um, get a call about from a recruiter for a, a marketing analyst position um, for, for Uber. However, it was like through a contract, like an outside company that Uber uses for contracts. Um, and I was really thrown off because they were talking about like how it was a one year contract. Um, and I had never really heard of like a one year contract for like a analyst position before. Um, and I'm like, what are like, I have to look for another job. Okay. We heard like snippets of that. I think what you said, <laughs> I'm trying to piece it together because you're having some connectivity issues, unfortunately, is is it a good idea to take con on contract work? What do you think, Fabia? Yeah, it is. Go for it. Um, go for it. Prove your value. You might stay there. You might be beyond the near. You know, if the company is there, maybe they are starting on their analytics journey. They they could not secure a full-time position. They have a specific pain that they're trying to fix. So um, if if that's the best opportunity presented, don't be skeptical about it. You know, I have contractors in my team and they are amazing. And I, and I think every week, how can I convert them into permanent employees? Um, and I work hard to do that because some of the guys really deserve. So... Um, so uh, it's a good chance to prove the value. You know, I'm no, I'm knowing you, you're knowing me. There's less risk from both sides. You know, if you don't like, if you find something else, it's part of the game. If I cannot convert you, you, you had a good, solid experience, perhaps to add your resume. So um, I agree with Robert. Yeah, yeah. they lead you full time. They give experience. Many companies like mine, you're like part of the team, like any other member and have the same opportunities. Wow, that was the perfect way to close this out because Fabio, you were literally the the perfect person to answer that question as the analytics manager who has contractors yeah. that work for you. I mean, it's it's I, I can understand why she might be skeptical of, well, it's only going to be a year and then I have to go through the hassle of finding another job. But um, I mean, it, it sounds like it might be a really good opportunity. Yeah, line expectations from the beginning. You know, you can say, hey, I'm I'm upholding this challenge. I'm happy to join, but I'm really looking for a full time. So if anything shows up, that's my preference. I hope it can be here, but if just being like pretty transparent, it can be outside. So just align expectations. I think usually when you hire contractors, you know that, you know that you have higher risk and higher turnover naturally, but it's still worth, you know, it's uh, still good. Gotcha. Okay. Well, All right. Well, Fabio, 
Yeah, it is. And nine, I think we we uh, met we missed a question, John. If I'm oh, scrolling we? down from uh, Tonya. So uh, Tonya, eight fifty four. Eight. Oh, here we go. So what's a good way for recruiters to find your profile on LinkedIn and read it out to you? I'm trying to transition from healthcare into analytics. That's, uh, I think you can answer that. You, you want me to? Okay. You're a um, specialist there. Yeah, I follow your tips. Well, yeah. Well, uh, But also, too, you, you've got to start thinking. This is, this is a weird shift for a lot of people to make, but we are now in the era where everyone has their own brand. It's no longer just Coca-Cola and Pepsi who have the brands. So what you've got to do is you've got to treat your LinkedIn page like your home, your like your your website, your home page. So what I would start doing is start doing keyword research on make sure that healthcare analytics or the specific tools you want to work on are in there. Um, and it's extremely powerful. And I can actually pull up how powerful LinkedIn is, is that if I pull up my you can see the back end of my page here of how many search results I get for my podcast landing page. I get, I just got 14,000 search appearances over the last seven days. So that's roughly 60,000 people saw that within just one, the last 30 days alone. Um, so it is extremely powerful, but you've got to start thinking about uh, search engine optimization, SEO. So how can you start optimizing for that is start thinking through, all right, what are the jobs I want? And you actually could do the, the kind of the way that we build out the um, resume or skill blueprint is that you can pull up your ideal jobs, go down to the skill sections, copy and paste that, make sure that all of those skills are somewhere in your profile, because then that's going to help boost you on your search rankings. Yeah, I agree. The hashtags. Yeah, the hashtags work too. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Fabio, this has been amazing. I can't believe you've been on three times now. It's funny because it's changed every every time, right? So first yeah, one was in like, person. The second one was a Zoom uh, Zoom call. And this is, I mean, we're live streaming now. Isn't this cool? Like we can literally pull chats in. And this is going on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, Twitch. Yeah, it's great. Third time. Well, once a year, it looks like. So, yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. And and also, too, I mean, I, you are doing such a good job of just helping people clear some of the head trash and confusion in this space. Because one of your actually your last podcast episode, um, I mean, that's one of my top ranking videos. Like people want to hear from a hiring manager. So you're doing a great public service. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I've, uh, I appreciate all the people, you know, logging in and sending the questions. I think it's good to help us to direct where we go here. And I get a lot of good questions, you know, after after the broadcast. So um, I always try to be like, you know, very helpful. And, and you know, I'm trying to answer, um, give some details and guidance for, for everyone to reach out, you know, even after your podcast. And even from people that... Um, that don't join and join later, you know, I think is, is always good to, uh, to support people to develop. And, uh, and the final note for you, for your ego, you know, a lot of people in Brazil watch. So, really? um, <laughs> yeah. So I get a lot of like emails from, from folks like, Hey, I, Hey, I'm also from Brazil. I saw your show, your, your <laughs> live with John Davids. Like, yeah, like really like three or four times. And, um, at least that that happened after the, the two shows. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah, you, well, I mean, uh, you need to explore some uh, AdWords in Brazil, man. That's it. That's true. 
You're right. I got to get on the SEO for my own, my own bat bandwagon. <laughs> All right. Well, I am exhausted, but Fabio, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Also, thank you, Christina, for, for uh, being a trooper. I know we've had quite thank a bit you. of technical difficulties when you ran. <laughs> yeah. Then, Thanks for the open mind to hear feedback here live. I mean, I think it's, uh, it takes a, uh, takes a pretty good courage to do that. Oh, she's so, tough. Uh, she's a yeah. tough one. And then everyone on the live chat, thank you so much for your questions. It's uh, yeah, thank really you helping guys. the content be better. All right. You guys have a good night. See ya. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.